Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of the Bood Broadcast. I realized about five minutes after the episode came out last week that I did not name the episode the Bood Broadcast. I don't know why I did that. In my mind, the story submission episodes were the Bood Broadcast, and then the other episodes were just their own thing, but I've never done it like that. So I don't know why this year I decided to do that. Anyway, I'm really sorry about the confusion. Some of you guys thought the Bood Broadcast was over. It's not. We're going to do this all October, every October for as many Octobers as you guys let me. So I'll be sure to name the rest of these, the boot broadcasts. You guys know, know what's going on. Last week's episode was so, so fun. It was so fun to record. I was laughing so hard while I was editing it. And I would say it was a success. So thank you to Lucy for coming on and doing that. We'll definitely revisit that format. If not sooner, we'll do it next October for another horror movie. Also, I'm 30. As as this episode is out, I am 30. This episode comes out on the 16th and my birthday was on the 14th, my 30th birthday. And I know there's a lunar eclipse happening on my birthday. Trust me, I've made it very personal. Okay. I'm convinced that this lunar eclipse is for me and only me because it's happening in the middle of my 30th birthday. I feel like you guys would do the same thing. Or maybe some of you are doing the same thing if it's also your 30th birthday. Anyway, I'm very excited to be 30. I am excited for my 30s. My 20s were were good, not great. I'd give them a C plus. I'm really aiming for like a B plus, A minus in my, in my 30s. And we have some podcast business to talk about. So I'm pregnant. Have I told you guys that yet? <laughs> awesome. And I am planning to take a maternity leave as most of us, you know, want to. However, that means that I need to pre-record episodes. I'm not due till January, so I'm really, I'm, I'm prepping in advance, but I'm going to need to pre-record a bunch of episodes. And I just want to say the coolest people listen to this podcast. You guys, I asked on my Instagram, said, what do you guys want to hear from me on the podcast? What do you want me to do for maternity leave episodes? The majority of you guys were like, don't worry about us. We'll be fine. We'll be here when you get back. You just take all the time you need. And there were tears in my eyes as I was reading these things. Um, and honestly, if it was an option, I would maybe take it. <laughs> but 
we got contracts, we got agreements, and we got to get episodes out every week. So that means pre-recording episodes. So the reason I'm telling you guys this is because over the next few weeks, months, I will be posting prompts um, for you guys to answer. And they're really fun ones. Some of some OG topics, some new topics that I'm really excited about. And I'll be posting those for you guys to submit your stories to and your answers to. And then I'll be pre-recording those episodes. So if you see me posting like a lot of prompts on my Instagram, that's always where prompts are, by the way. People ask sometimes how they can submit stories. There's there's a link in my bio for a bunch of them, but I usually just post the weekly ones in my story. With these pre-recorded episodes, I'm going to try to get you guys a landing page so you can have all of them and you can just submit them and then I can record, you know, over the next couple, I guess it's, I guess it's weeks now. When they gave me my due date in, I can't even remember when my first appointment was, but when they gave me my due date as January, I was like, oh, that's so far away. I can't even believe how much time I have. And now we're in the middle of October and holidays are going to come and go and then it's going to be January. And so I'm trying to stay on top of everything. So I'm going to do everything I can to get you guys the best episodes possible while also, you know, taking, taking care of myself and all of that. I want to revisit the concept of the coolest people listen to this podcast because I also made an announcement on my TikTok and Instagram this last, well, yesterday. I announced the gender of my baby and I, I'll let you, those of you that don't know yet, you can yell out your guess now what you think it is. It is a girl. It's a girl. And I am thrilled. I'm so, so, so unbelievably excited. And I, when, when we found out the gender, I really did not feel super strong one way or another, like that I was going to be happy or sad. Like, I know, I, I don't know if people say that. I don't know if people, you know, mean it when they say that, but I really did feel like it would be great if my kid was a boy or a girl. But then when I found out it was a girl, I was so happy it was a girl. So I'm really, really excited about that. And you guys were just, you were so excited. I'm actually, I can't talk about it that much because I will tear up, but it just feels like I have this community around me that's so excited about these things. And I'm so excited to add another little girl, another little girl to the, to the broad squad. And let me just continue on my pregnancy tangent for just one minute. My voice, you guys, I don't, I don't really know what to do because I'm not sick. I'm, I feel totally fine. Like no stuffy nose, no cough, no nothing. And my voice is still like hoarse. And so I, I fear this might be, this might be a pregnancy symptom. I'm scared that this is just how it's going to be for the next few months. And if it is, we'll just, we'll get through it. I have some tea here to soothe my throat. I've also been drinking, there's a, there's a tea called throat coat has to be the worst name I've ever heard in my entire life, but I've been drinking it. So anyway, let's continue on with our episode. Now that I've gotten all of the announcements out, I've cried over you guys a little bit. Let's talk spooky. Let's give a big fat, juicy trigger warning to this episode these episodes are scary. I think maybe I have misled you guys and told you that they're not that scary. I think because I read the stories like a couple times, so I'm familiar with them, so they don't feel as scary to me. They are scary. And this one especially, I think there's like a couple with murdery themes in them. These are about ghosts and possession and scary things that happen to people. And I totally understand that it's not some people's vibe. 
next week, so this comes out the 16th. So the week after this, next week will not be a scary episode. We will be doing the things that haunt us. And that is a topic that we did last year that we're revamping this year. The things that haunt us are the things that like the really embarrassing things that you said or did that like keep you up at night. That's what next week's episode will be about. So still, still haunting, but not scary. Next week's will be funny. So if this week it's a little too spooky and you want to come back next week, totally fine. But for those of you that are into the spooks, let's begin. And you know what, guys? I figured out the music. (laughs) So now I don't have to be all talk. And I can tell you guys that we do indeed have spooky music for you. Let me show you what I mean. OMG, Maddie, you will not believe. This story is from my mom and it is crazy. So my mom used to work at this fast food restaurant and one of her coworkers will call John. So basically this boy John drives my mom home one day and he tells her about his controlling and abusive mom. He seems very upset and my mom doesn't know what to say but tries to offer sympathy. He's extremely worked up and he mentions his mom a lot at work, mostly about her strict rules, etc. One day he tells my mom, let's call her Mary, that he's having a party that night and he says his mom is out of town. My mom shows up but nobody else is there, just her. She rings the doorbell and as he opens the door she's hit with a horrible smell, which he explains as the smell of the cat that died in the radiator. She ends up telling him that she can't come in because the smell is so bad and he seems disappointed. She shows up to work the next day and there are police cars. She is immediately worried about John and asks the policeman if it's about him. They say yes and my mom asks if he hurt himself. The policeman seems surprised and say no. She she mentions that she did see him last night and when she tells them that John said a cat died in the radiator and it smelled funny, the police officer said that that wasn't a cat. It was his mother's body. John had hit her with an axe handle, shot her, and done other things to the body. My mom had been in the house with her dead body. I did verify this story. I did. She gave me the name of it. I'm not going to share it. She asked me not to share it, but I did look it up. It did really happen. Also, this is, I feel like this, when I was in my, my true crime era, I remember hearing a story about this, a guy or a kid, he was like in high school and he threw a party and he had like killed his parents and left their bodies in the house while he threw the party. It is so cartoonishly evil. I feel like, okay, so obviously I'm from Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ted Bundy was, or lived here. I don't know if he did all of his murders here. I don't know how many murders he even did in Utah, but Ted Bundy is one of those things or one of those people, I guess. Now we'll say things. One of those things, everybody's mom in Utah has a Ted Bundy story. Like every single one. If your mom went to high school in the 70s in Utah, I feel like she has a Ted Bundy story. Like she either almost got picked up by him or she her friend got picked up by him or she saw him driving or she met him or she or he hit on her at like the gas station. Like so many Ted Bundy stories. We could probably fill a whole episode with just Utah moms telling their Ted Bundy or their Ted Bundy stories. Not a bad idea. All right. Next one. Maddie, I swear I am not making this up. Last year, I lived in a really sketchy area in a sketchy student apartment complex. My car had been broken into. There were always weird noises, etc. My uncle, who was a paramedic for the city, told me they were always being called to this complex and people had attempted or committed suicide in almost every apartment in this complex. 
He said people would always talk about seeing things that weren't there. My roommate would always hear things in my room only to find out I wasn't even home. We listened to a lot of true crime and are both paranoid, so we just thought we were scaring ourselves. But after my experience there, I am convinced there were some paranormals. There was a paranormal something leading people to do sad and scary things. My experience all started with a sleep app, a sleep app that records sounds while sleeping, such as snoring, sleep talking, etc. The first few nights, it was very normal, and I would just hear random normal sleep sounds for myself. One night, I slept unusually well, tossing and turning, in, or unusually unwell, tossing and turning in and out of sleep, not normal. At one point in the night, I woke up to a loud crash and noticed things had fallen off my nightstand. I fell back asleep, too drained to pick it up. And then, of course, I woke up in the morning and literally everything from my nightstand was scattered across the room. My water bottle, my TV remote with the batteries out and across the room, books knocked off and open. Everything wasn't just knocked off, but thrown and scattered all over the room. Weird, but I thought maybe I had just flung my arm or something. Then I got my notification that my sleep sounds were recorded. No sounds of anything falling off my nightstand, but there was a weird recording. There was a recording where a voice said, wake up, and then you hear me moan, almost as I am responding to the voice. I re-listened a bunch of times and I could not unhear it. I sent it to my family without telling them what I heard and they all freaked out, wondering what happened. I was terrified. I knew it wasn't my voice because you hear my voice right after. And I believe it or not know what my voice sounds like. I will attach the recording. I promise I did not mess with it because I could barely figure out how to download it. Maybe I overreacted, but I could not sleep there again and I moved out. Let me know if you hear the voice or if I am crazy. Okay, so we have the we have the recording. I double checked. She said she's totally fine with me sharing it. And it's pretty freaky. It really is. Okay, here it is. Did you guys hear that? I'm going to play it again. It sounds like the voice says, wake. I don't know if it says wake up, but it does sound like it says, oh, this is spooky. Okay. It does sound like it says wake. Let me turn it up and play it one more time. Weird. Oh my gosh. The recording makes it so scary. That is so spooky. Oh, again, I'm recording in the middle of the day and it, it just, these stories start to freak me out and I read them by myself. It's kind of, it's not great for an already anxious pregnant mind to be reading horror stories this often. But yeah, I mean, I definitely hear, I definitely hear the, it in the recording or in the recording. I mean, maybe it can be explained away, but with the other stuff that happened in your room, scary. That freaks me out. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we know what's good for us, but it doesn't feel like the natural decision. And so our brain can get in the way. It's like when you're trying to fall asleep at night, but you have racing thoughts and it's keeping you up. You know that it's good for you to sleep, but sometimes your brain just steps in. You know what you should do. You know what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back in these scenarios so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. That is the best part of therapy. It's having somebody there who can see your life a little bit more objectively, who can point you in the right direction, who can show you where you can improve your behavior, and then you can move forward making the best decisions for yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It is entirely online and it is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I know we all have busy lives. I know it seems impossible to find any time to go to therapy. That's why BetterHelp makes it super flexible and really just caters it to you and what you need. You just fill out a brief questionnaire online to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Whenever I do Q&As, you guys always ask me, how do I find a new therapist? How do I switch therapists? BetterHelp takes care of that for you. The headache is gone. You can switch at any time. So make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash bad today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bad for 10% off of your first month. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Ritual. Great news, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first month. We all know that it is basically impossible to get all of the nutrients that you need only from your diet 100% of the time. So Ritual made a multivitamin that helps you focus on what's important, like filling key nutrient gaps to support foundational health. I love the Essential for Women 18 Plus, and I have also, of course, been taking their prenatal vitamin. The Essential for Women 18 Plus is a clinically backed multivitamin for women. It's got high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. It's got nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. And they also have a unique beadlet and oil design with their pills that is even patented. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is one of the few women's multis that's USP verified, meaning what's on the label is what's in the formula. It's also soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. It's also got a minty essence. You can kind of just slightly taste it. But you know when you have like a big chalky multivitamin and then the taste stays in your mouth? Not the case. The Ritual design helps keep things fresh and makes taking your multivitamins every day actually enjoyable. So instead of striving for perfect health, aim for supporting foundational health. Great news, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first month. So visit ritual.com slash bad one zero to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 plus to your subscription today. Next one. Hi, Maddie. Love you and the podcast. It's the best part of my Monday. Okay, so my scary story involves a Ouija board. Most people discredit the magnitude of a Ouija board, but I'm here to tell you they are not for the faint of heart. My family and I have been using Ouija boards for a long time to communicate with people who have passed on, and sometimes you don't get the person that you're looking for. If anybody listening has never used a Ouija board before, the way my family begins is by keeping two fingers from each hand, your index and middle, on the paddle on the board very lightly, barely touching, but enough to transfer energy. We then welcome good spirits. We say, can so-and-so come to the board? We want to talk to you. Please only so-and-so come to the board. And then when we get a vibration and movement on the paddle, we ask them questions only this specific person would know so we can ensure that it is this person and not someone pretending. However, sometimes you do get pretenders. This one time, we had a bad spirit take control of the board. They started throwing the paddle all around the board and we had to regain control. We asked the spirit if they were human and they said no. We asked, were you ever a human? They said no. We asked where they were and they said, go to hell. We asked the spirit to leave and they continued to curse us out, tell us we're not leaving and throw the paddle around the board. It was terrifying. All this makes me think that this may confirm the presence of non-human life forms and the existence of a hell. So many unknowns that come from using a Ouija board. 
On a lighter note, we've been able to talk to deceased pets who get help from other deceased family members to spell on the board. So cute, like, come on. The golden retriever I grew up with confirmed that he's visited me in my dreams. He said he was reunited with his best friend, our cat, who was hit by a car a few years before the golden retriever died. Maybe this isn't as scary as I thought, but in the moment, it is insane. Hope you, the baby, and your boyfriend are doing well. The magic of of talking to dead pets might be lost on me a little bit. I might be I might be just a, a scaredy cat, no pun intended, but that would freak me out. I don't know who out here is underestimating Ouija boards. If you if you don't think that Ouija boards are very scary, I I don't understand you. It is weird that you can buy them at Barnes and Noble though. You can like order them like they're really available, which is very weird. Another weird thing, weird that people who have passed on have chosen to communicate with us via board game. Maybe it's maybe like family game night. It really, you know, it's a big thing in the next life. I don't know, but weird. Okay. Next one. This was the most chilling thing to ever happen to me. My family was visiting my aunt when I was a teenager and my sister and I were sharing a twin bed in one of her rooms upstairs. We went to bed like normal and I was awakened to my sister violently thrashing in the bed and then saying, did you see that man? Where did that man go? I could tell how she was talking that she was fully awake and not sleep talking or anything. I've never been more freaked out. I quickly glanced around the room and we didn't see anything. So I told my sister to just go back to sleep. We would talk about it in the morning. Somehow we both went back to sleep. And the next morning I asked her what in the world happened. She said she had heard some footsteps upstairs and saw the bathroom light turn on, which was right across from our room. And then she said that a cowboy had walked in, in the full hat, boots, and everything. She said he looked friendly and she wasn't scared of him. She'd actually, he had actually introduced himself and said, hi there, I'm Cowboy Joe. And then he just calmly walked out. The creepiest part of this was that when it actually happened in the middle of the night and my sister had woken me up, I had glanced at the clock and it said 3 a.m. on the dot, the witching hour, we still talk about the visit that Cowboy Joe paid us. Nothing takes you out of a scary story like <laughs> a name like Cowboy Joe. Honestly, I would not be mad if I was laying in bed one night and a tall, strapping, young cowboy sauntered into my room. I am still deciding if I want to reread. You guys asked me to reread it, so I'm sure I will do it on the last episode of the of the month. But the sexy story of the ghost, you know, the ghost, the girl that got it on with the ghost. That's just like, to me, probably the most iconic bad broadcast story that I've ever heard. Like, I'll never, ever, ever forget it. When people ask me what my favorite submission is or the most memorable submission, it is always that. I still remember the email uh, subject line that said, I had sex with a ghost. So I'll revisit that. Anyway, I wish that that would have gone better uh, for you with Cowboy Joe. However, let's see, you were a teenager. Okay, not old enough. If you were a little bit older, maybe Cowboy Joe could come back and give you a special visit. He seemed nice. He seemed nice. Okay, next one. My sophomore year of college, I was into this guy and we had hung out a few times. And one night he asked me if I wanted to go for a drive up a canyon we pulled in with about four other cars into the parking lot. After a few minutes, we decided we would walk on the trail that goes around the lake just to chat. We started walking on the trail and passed a couple of people and then eventually got to the opposite side. We were facing the parking lot from across the lake. 
We watched the last car pull out and realized we were the only ones left. We started walking back to the car and I commented on how, how much I enjoyed the silence. On our way back to the car, facing the entirety of the parking lot and lake, we saw no one, not a single soul. We made it back to the car and at this point it was around 11 p.m. While we were sitting on the back of the car talking, I noticed something moving in the lake below. I didn't freak out at first because I automatically thought it was someone swimming in the lake. But then my common sense kicked in and I realized that we hadn't seen anyone come in or out for over an hour and we had walked around the lake. I pointed out the movement to the boy and we yelled out, hey, is everything okay? He then decided to shine the car lights onto the surface of the lake to see what was happening. And there were two bodies face down floating in the water. I immediately screamed and started to panic and so did he. How long have these people been there? Are they really dead? Did someone kill them and put them there? The bodies were far out, so we decided to just walk to the shore to maybe yell out to them. I also didn't want to be by myself sitting on the back of the car. We walked down and yelled to them and still no response. Neither of us had cell service, so there was no way to call anyone. We both stood on the shore as we watched these bodies of a man and woman bob up and down. All of a sudden, a Jeep came up the hill and parked next to us. We ran up to them, arms waving and said, hey, we need your help, please. There are bodies in the water. Do you guys have service? The girls driving freaked out and immediately left. So there we were all alone again. We kept our car lights on the water. And while we were trying to figure out a new plan, the body flipped over in sync. One screamed out, leave us alone. And they sunk down into the water and never came back up. We ran up to the car, both crying. We swore we would never come back. I'll never know what was in the water, but the feeling I had, I will never forget. I can't read these anymore. <laughs> I can't exist. I These freak me out. Again, I think I have undersold how scary some of these are. And this, this one might have been the one that scared me the most. I don't know. I really shouldn't say that because some of the other stories are really spooky. But that one, anything with water, anything up a canyon, like I, I don't know what it is. I grew up around a lot of canyons and I like people always went up there. We always did fires in the canyon or like paddleboarding or whatever it was up the canyon. I I can't get behind like spending significant time up there. I I have always felt that way. I'll never forget one time I was in high school and my friends and I all did a fire. And then because, yeah, like she said, you have no service while you're up there, but they all went and did a fire. I was waiting in the car by myself and one of them forgot their phones and so I was with two other people. And so those two went to find her phone because they weren't, weren't going to send the one alone into the woods to get her phone. Anyway, it was, uh, but I couldn't call anybody. She went to get it. I couldn't call anybody. I was just sitting there in the car by myself. I couldn't drive yet. I was probably 14 or 15. And I remember thinking like, I will never come back to these canyons ever, ever, ever again. And she said that this story happened in that exact canyon that I'm talking about that I would go up in high school. So no, thank you. No, thanks. Okay. Next one. Dearest Maddie, the very first time I listened to your podcast was one of the Booed Broadcast episodes in 2021. I immediately fell in love with the pod and have listened every week since, so I'm feeling kind of stoked to have a recent story to contribute to this segment, even though it scared the hell out of me. To preface, I recently got married and my husband and I have temporarily moved into an older home studio apartment that a family friend offered us while we prep for a big move across the country early next year. This story happened a couple of weeks ago and started with an uncomfortable dream I had. In the dream, my husband and I were staying in an Airbnb and we were walking through the house at night to check for intruders 
as you do. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary until the very last room. In the dream, the door opened and there was a man standing there, staring at us with the window open and the curtain blowing. I screamed the dream type of scream where no matter how hard you yell, nothing seems to happen. No reaction ever came from the man. I finally woke up from the dream, exhausted, and rolled over to my husband for comfort when he wrapped his arms around me a little too eagerly as if he were scared as well. I laid on his chest and became frozen as I looked to the other side of the room and saw the shadow of a man staring back at me. Wide awake now, I tried to lift up my arm to prop myself up, but found when I lifted my arm, it felt as though I was slowly being pushed down from directly above. My entire body felt like it was pinned to the bed. I lay unable to move, trying to convince myself that it was not real and it was just a shadow of boxes that I had put in that area of the room earlier that week. Silently crying, the clock kept ticking, but the man would not leave. It felt just like the dream, like I was screaming, but no one could hear me. Eventually, my silent cries broke into audible sobs, which caused my husband to spring up as if he knew exactly what was going on. I said through tears, he's staring at me. He's right there and he's staring at me. Through the panic, my husband looked me dead in the eyes and whispered, I know. He got up from the bed, snapped the lights on and said, he's been here for a long time. Obviously, my panic only intensified because that solidified that I was not dreaming. We checked out every nook and cranny of our already small apartment and we discovered that the boxes I tried to convince myself were the shadow of a man were actually on the other side of the room. There was nothing in the exact position of the shadow man that could have possibly been mistaken for him. It was around 1.45 a.m. when we noticed the window was open. I had opened it earlier that day, but I swore I had closed it before we went to bed. When my husband went to close the window, I asked him, what do you mean he'd been here for a long time? He said, I hadn't fallen asleep yet for the night because I felt like something was going to happen to you. I felt like somebody was watching us. So much fear ran through my body knowing that we had been feeling the exact same thing before I even opened my mouth. Needless to say, we did everything we could possibly think of that night to cast out demons because whatever we both felt was not there with good intentions. It took about another hour for us to both feel calm enough to sleep, but the lights stayed on and the blankets stayed over our heads. Oh boy. Yeah. Hatman, Hatman seems to be booked and busy. Okay. He seems to be really prevalent in a lot of people's sleep paralysis and nightmares in actual, like, you know, real life visions. I don't know if visions is the right word, manifestations. I don't understand. And those middle of the night wake ups in a new home, like nothing feels more unsettling. So I have a onesie, like a zip. It's like, they're kind of like footy pajamas, but it's a costume. It's an oogie boogie costume because I'm pretty sure that's all I'm going to be able to be for Halloween because nothing else fits my weird body. So I bought this huge oogie boogie zip up and it hangs on like the back of, I have a hook on the back of my closet door and it hangs there. I woke up in the middle of the night a couple nights ago. First of all, these stories are ruining my life. Okay. I think we can establish that they're ruining my life, but I woke up in the middle of the night to see the oogie boogie man hanging from the back of my closet. And I don't, I don't know how, how often you guys have watched nightmare before Christmas. It's pretty crazy. And I know a lot of kids who really like it. I have nieces and nephews who obsessed with it who or who were obsessed with it from like a very young age, but the Oogie Boogie man is full of bugs. Okay. So not only is he scary looking, he's also full of bugs. And it was just, it was not a good night. It was not a good night for me. I already can't sleep. I already feel like something is pushing down on my body because I have a tiny gremlin inside of me that literally is pushing down on my body. It was a bad night. All right. At least it wasn't the hat man, but Oogie Boogie comes pretty close. 
This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by ShipStation. When you are prepared, things go smoother. I hate that that is the case, but it is very true, especially as a business owner. Preparing for growth and change saves time and headaches. Right now, it's the calm before the storm. You guys are prepping for the holidays. You're getting your orders ready. You're getting your websites ready. You can prepare your e-commerce business for the holiday rush right now just by using ShipStation. Whether you're shipping from your house or a warehouse, ShipStation can help increase your profitability. You can save time automating your shipping and returns in the ShipStation dashboard and keep costs down with industry-leading carrier discounts while your holiday orders roll in. I have always used ShipStation. It has been old faithful in my business journey. If you have received an order from me, it has been sent via ShipStation. You can easily automate shipping tasks and manage orders in one simple dashboard. You can simplify and automate your shipping no matter how big your business grows. So whether you're just starting out or you have huge order numbers, they can handle all of it and they can help you scale. They have enterprise solutions that reduce warehouse costs and improve profitability. They also have industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post. And you can get discounts up to 84% off of USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation. And 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. So set your business up for holiday season success with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use the code BAD today to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code BAD. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Do you have like a lot of really good ideas and maybe even one specific idea that you want to use for a business, but you're not really sure how to like build a website or how to even start? That's where I was when I needed to build a website. And somebody pointed me in the direction of Squarespace. And let me tell you, could not have been easier to build my dream website. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or you're managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. They've got a great asset library, so you basically can just upload, organize, and access all of your content from one place. With the new asset library, you're able to manage all of your files from one central hub and then use them across the Squarespace platform. You can host video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages and sell access to your videos with member-only areas. It's super easy to get started. You just choose one of their professional website templates. They've got designs for every category, and then you can customize the look, update the content, and add features to fit your unique needs. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, you can go to squarespace.com slash bad to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or a domain. Next one. My senior year of college, my housing plans fell through pretty last minute. I ended up finding a room in a house off campus with three girls I didn't know. A nice next door neighbor was the landlady and the rent was super cheap, so I moved in. I'm not a very superstitious person, but little things started happening that I couldn't explain. There was an ancient wall fan in my room, but the switch didn't work and it wasn't connected to the HVAC system, but it would sometimes turn on and off out of nowhere. One of my friends who was more keyed into supernatural things refused to even come over after the first time she visited because something felt off to her. 
And even though I'm not easily scared, I was always terrified to go into the basement at night and thought I saw glowing eyes floating in the darkness sometimes. One day I was getting into my car in the driveway and saw an almost transparent man sprint right in front of my car and into the front door. Sometimes there would be a ton of box elder bugs in the house, even in the dead of winter when they shouldn't have been active, but all concentrated on one wall of the room, mine. I finally mentioned these things to my roommates one day and they looked at each other like, should we tell her? Turns out the previous owner of the home died in his living room and wasn't found for about a month and the next door neighbor found him. Because he didn't have any children, the house passed to her and that's why the rent was so cheap. I'll include the link to the news article about this death. I'm now convinced the unexplained happenings and the figure I saw were the deceased owner checking up on his house. I'm thankful he wasn't malevolent, but after living there, I 100% believe in ghosts when I didn't before. Again, she sent me the article. Some of the articles somewhere in Michigan and real really happened. When you guys send me proof, when you guys send me recordings, when you guys send me articles, are you trying to ruin my life? (laughs) Because I, I, while I believe in these things, I definitely save space for being able to explain them away because that's how I continue on in life. That's how I, that's how I proceed. I explain these things away. They didn't really happen. It was a trick of the light, but then when people say, I saw this man and here's an article of his death in this house that I lived in. I also can't imagine loving my house enough that I would want to revisit it after I was dead. You know, however, I did watch Beetlejuice the other night and I realize now that maybe sometimes spirits are confined to that house. Maybe they don't even want to be there. Maybe they're trying to leave, but when they step out their front door, they're in a giant weird desert with a giant weird sandworm. Has anyone checked on Tim Burton lately? Is he all right? Because after watching Nightmare Before Christmas and Beetlejuice, and I watched another Tim Burton recently, can't remember what it was. I feel very similar to him as I did last week about Ari Aster. Like loved one needs to pull him aside and say, hey, what's going on? What are you going through? Why are you this way? (laughs) Okay, next one. In junior high, I was at my friend Sarah's house. We made a bed on the ground near the foot of her mom's bed and we were eating Otter Pops and watching TV. She got up to grab another from the kitchen. I thought it would be funny to hide behind the entertainment center door to pop out and scare her when she got back. Sarah came back and laid down. I could see her through the crack of the cabinet door and I was waiting for the right second to jump out and scare her. I'm somewhat of a prankster, so right away she knew I was hiding and thought I was under the bed. When she went to look under the bed, we both saw an apparition of myself under the bed, not see-through at all like you'd imagine a ghost to be, staring with its eyes and mouth wide open. I immediately came out from behind the cabinet. We both screamed and cried and her mom did not believe us. I made my dad come pick me up and I never went back to her house. Not only was I horrified at what happened, I felt embarrassed because I felt like I was haunted and I was worried she'd tell people at school or not want to be my friend. To this day, I have no idea what it was. I can't see well without glasses and sometimes I'm grateful because when I go to the bathroom at night, I purposely don't put my glasses on because I'm scared I'll see myself again. I reached out to Sarah a few years ago asking if she still thinks about what happened and she said she does. And she said it word for word how I remember it. It was very, very spooky. I have heard about these types of ghosts. They're called mimics, I believe. And they take on characteristics of real people sometimes yourself. 
I feel like that has to be the scariest thing to say. I think last week I said an old man was the scary or two weeks ago. I said an old man doesn't even come close to seeing a ghost of yourself. That feels like by far the scariest thing, especially if you're with somebody else and they can confirm that they're seeing you. Anything that can be verified by a friend, husband, whatever, these stories that have another person that's seen the exact same thing can't even begin to handle it. Okay, next one. My entire life, I've had horribly vivid and intense nightmares, usually all night, every night. My earliest memory is waking up screaming at three or four because of a dream where I watched my whole family be murdered. Around seven years old, I started experiencing sleep paralysis. At least two or three nights a week, I'd be stuck in my bed with eyes open, unable to move, call for help or fall asleep. My sleep paralysis demon was actually a cartoon dog that would sit on my chest and make fun of me from being unable to wake all the way up or fall asleep. I never told my parents because I felt like it was somehow my fault. It stopped when I hit puberty, but the nightmares always continued. Flash forward to two summers ago. I was experiencing the deepest depressive state I'd ever lived with and spent most of my time napping in bed just trying to make it day to day. My husband and I were living in a basement apartment at his grandma's house. Unfortunately, this is when I began experiencing sleep paralysis again. It's only once in a while, but when I nap, it's only every once in a while and only when I nap home alone during the day. The first time it happened, I was stuck on my side with my eyes open, unable to move or say anything. The worst part, there was a shadow of a man on the wall I was stuck staring at. I tried as hard as I could to scream and I was losing my mind when suddenly I felt completely at peace. Something told me it was the ghost of my husband's grandpa that had died in the house five years earlier. I felt that he was there watching over me and taking care of me while I was in such a deep state of depression. I've seen his shadow during sleep paralysis a couple times since, and I think it's sweet that even though I never met Grandpa Ray, he takes care of me during my darkest days. These ones really keep me going. They really do. I love these ones. There is just to think that there is something comforting and loving on the other side is such a gorgeous thought. Isn't that the most comforting thing in the entire world? Shout out to Grandpa Ray. All right, this next one, I don't want to add music to because it's kind of sweet. All right, this is a kind of cute, but a spooky story. I came out as bi in 2015 to my family, but I had never told my grandma because she was sick with dementia and wouldn't have understood. When she died in 2016, I had this horrendous guilt that I had never showed her my honest self or introduced her to my then girlfriend. My grandma was my best friend before she got sick and I felt awful thinking that I wasn't honest about who I was before she left. Oh, and she wore a very specific perfume when she was alive, which is an important detail for later. A few months after she died, I woke up in the middle of the night around 3 a.m. to a strong presence floating over me. The presence wasn't threatening, but I was scared and I couldn't move my body. I felt warm and heavy all over and I can remember a light floating about five inches above my, above my body from head to toe. Suddenly, I saw her face in my mind and I could smell her perfume as if she was in the room with me. I heard her whisper, I forgive you and I'm happy for you. And then the presence disappeared. I jolted upright and began bawling. I had to turn on the show to fall asleep again because I was terrified, but I was also very comforted by what had just occurred. I don't think I would have ever gotten closure about that. And I think my grandma knew this to be true. Oh, and I also had a ladybug live in my bathroom for about two months straight in the dead of winter around the time of her death. They say loved ones often come visit us as ladybugs. Weird choice to be in the bathroom, grandma, but whatever. Grandma, grandma coming back to let you know she loves you again. So comforting. I wonder what my symbol of choice will be when I come visit my loved ones. Ladybug is good. I like rainbows. A lot of people say that birds 
they they see their loved ones in like birds or specific specific animals. Maybe I'll come back as a bug. Maybe I'll come back as a worm. I don't know if I would choose a bug because then everybody's scared of a bug. Maybe I'll choose like a like a certain movie, a certain movie to show up in. Like all like you know that episode of Game of Thrones where Brienne is training Arya and then you see Catelyn Stark's ghost like walk behind her right as she talks about her mother. That's what I want to be. But I want to show up in random movies. Like I want people to be like, but the last time we watched that, that wasn't there. And it'll be me walking through, just reminding you that I'm here and I'm always watching. But knowing me, I would pick really, really stupid movies to be in that nobody would ever watch. It's been a hard journey to come to terms with the fact that I think I have shitty taste in movies. I know objectively what good movies are like, you know, Oscar winners and Sundance Film Festival winners. I know what they are. I enjoy them. But the movies that I really enjoy are bad. Like they're, they're 30 percenters, 20, 30 percenters on Rotten Tomatoes. So somebody's going to be watching Halloween Town High and see a new creature. And they're going to be like, Maddie, you got to pick better movies to show up in. <laughs> okay. Next one. I feel like the, uh, you know, from the commentary to the music is, is quite, is quite a jump. Oh, my kid. Oh, I can, I don't even have to say my kid anymore. I can say my, my daughter, which is such a fun word to say, by the way, it's really fun to say daughter. But I've also, I'm, I've been so sick of dodging saying the gender, but yeah, she's right here. She's present. She's liking it. Okay, here we go. Okay, so I hope you read this on the pod. I'm desperate for advice and want others to know they're not alone. I'm in high school and this summer I've started to see the dead. I always have, but I've recently started letting myself see them. I see them in cemeteries and especially when I'm driving, they'll dart across the road and scare the living shit out of me making me slam on the brakes while my parents ask me what's wrong. My mom knows I see the dead and she's jealous. I understand why, but at the same time, it's not a good time all the time. Most are nice and I just see them walking or chilling. But yesterday I saw them for the first time at school. I was going to the bathroom and I opened up the door into the antechamber to the bathroom. Before I kind of heard someone crying. When I walked in, the crying stopped and there were two girls there glaring at me. They weren't fully there, just the essence. I didn't try to read them too much. The one, that had, the one that had been crying was the one who rushed past me. I apologized and opened the door for her. She walked out and disappeared. The other just stood in front of the next door. She wasn't crying, she wasn't angry, and I was scared. She said, excuse me, and, she, and I stood aside and opened the door. I hurried and did my business. No one was in the bathroom. I was scared to open the door, but I couldn't miss class. I opened the door and said, sorry, excuse me, and ran out. The door shut behind me and then opened again, but no one was there. I felt like someone was maybe following me, so I ran to my class, almost running into someone. She's gone now. She didn't follow me into class. It wasn't the best thing. Very weird, maybe residual energy. I don't know. It's been an off morning, so maybe that's why I saw an off or angry entity or whatever. I'm good. I'm a little spooked, but I handled it the best I could. Later, I thought I heard my name whispered when I passed the bathroom, footsteps behind me when I passed there, and I've seen them a few times just standing there glaring at me. It's like that super judgmental look. Anyway, love the pod, but what do I do? I don't want to say I get this question a lot with these stories, but I have gotten it before where people say, what What do I do? Like I have a ghost in my house or I am seeing things. I don't know because my initial reaction would be like to have somebody come cast it out. I don't know. Have somebody, it's, it's weird though, because there's some stories in here that are like about, you know, casting demons out. It's kind of weird that they follow those rules 
because people use a whole bunch of different methods. Maybe they just need to be asked. Maybe it's not even technically the method of how you do it or like the belief behind it, but it's more that they just want to be asked to leave. Maybe there's some rule book, like you need a mortal person to release you from the shackles of the in-between and you need somebody to say, hey, you can go now. You can leave. You're safe. I don't really want you here and you're kind of scaring me. Spooky teenage girls in the bathroom, like as if walking into a bathroom and seeing two teenage girls staring at you, glaring at you, mad at you is not already the most terrifying thing in the world. But to also have them just be ghosts is even worse. I didn't think it could get worse. Okay. This one is also sweet. So I'm not going to play any scary music. I have a very sweet ghost story for you. My husband and I got married three years ago and got a puppy a few months in. From the beginning, our dog, Bingley, I assume that's a Pride and Prejudice reference, seemed to see things that weren't there. He would bark at dark corners, stare into space and tilt his head occasionally and lots of other things. The older he got, the creepier this got. Sometimes he would nudge me awake at night and I would feel a dark feeling like there was a presence near. Other times he would wake up and wag his tail staring at the middle of the room. Times like this, I would feel very calm and peaceful. My husband was a pacer. If he was on the phone talking to me while I made dinner or if he was stressed about something, he would pace back and forth. Most times, Bingley would watch him pace, his eyes following him. We both thought this was very cute. Earlier this year, my husband passed away. It's been a hard year, but sometimes I will have a hard day and I'll feel my, sorry, sorry, I'll feel my husband near. Once I even felt like his hands were on my shoulders, each time Bingley will wag his tail and stay near me. Yesterday, I was struggling emotionally. I took a nap on the couch, but I woke up to Bingley's nudge on my arm. He immediately turned his head and started moving his eyes as if he was following my husband's pacing. I felt my husband's presence near and I knew I had not lost him forever. This was the most sentimental story I've ever told, but I'm so thankful for my sweet pup who has eyes for things I can't see. Hope you and baby brought are doing so fantastic. Whoa, that got me. That one really got me. I mean, just like with everything in life and apparently death, there are, there's so much good, so much bad, but I love when we get a story that is so, so, so tender and sweet. Well, that one really, really got me. I would blame the hormones, but I really just think that's one of the sweetest stories I've ever heard. Okay. Diving back into the spooky feels wrong after that, but let's, let's get going. I worked at an assisted living for three years. And if you've ever worked there, you just know that the things you see at these places are things you will never forget. When I was working nights, there was one man that had his days and nights mixed up, meaning he would sleep all day and be up all night. He would yell for help almost all through the night whenever he was bored. We would take him to the bathroom, turn on his TV or walk around with him. All of the residents in the surrounding rooms were good sleepers and him yelling never seemed to bother them. The man died and a couple nights later I was working. My coworker and I had someone press their call light that said they never pressed it. We both went in to check on that person. He just happened to be across the hall from the person who had just passed. When we asked him if he was okay and what he needed, he said that his neighbor keeps calling for help and that we needed to help him. My coworker and I just looked at each other with big eyes. We checked all of the surrounding rooms with everyone sound asleep. I just know this man had come to visit us one last time before officially leaving to whatever was next for him. This was one of the lighter stories that I thought would be fun to share. Love you. If that's one of the lighter stories, should we do it? Should we do a assisted living episode? Because those things get wild. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we have had, we have had a, a, story submitted about like their grandparents in some type of assisted living. And then they like got with their neighbor. It was like a whole scandal. It's like golden bachelor plus 20 years. Like 
I don't know if we need an episode on it or a reality TV show about assisted living, but I've heard some crazy, crazy stories from there. Okay, here we go. This is one of the creepiest moments of my life. When I was in high school, I was having a girls' night at my friend's house. We had a lot of fun watching movies, doing nails, goofing off, and just vegging out, what we usually did on a weekend night. I remember it was around 1.30 a.m. when we all left. My other friends drove a different route than me, so I drove home alone. My friends only lived five minutes from my parents' house, so and to get back to my house, I had to get on the highway from her neighborhood. When I was pulling up to the highway to take a left-hand turn, I stopped to make sure there wasn't any traffic. With it being so late at night, I was the only one on the road. There wasn't a single car around anywhere, and I remember that night being so abnormally dark, not a star in the sky, and everything was so quiet, too quiet. I had pulled up and stopped under the street lamp for maybe a few seconds. Before I was about to proceed forward onto the highway, I had a gut feeling that something was watching me. I turned my head slowly to the right, almost afraid to see what was exactly watching me, but I could feel it. I slowly turned and looked down. There on the ground, looking at me straight in the eyes, was a middle-aged man with black sunken eyes staring directly at me in an abnormal, contorted position. He was laying maybe five feet from my car, enough for him to have room to look directly up at me and me down at him. The best way I can describe it to you is if you have ever seen the movie of The Exorcism of Emily Rose, where her roommate wakes up in the middle of the night and finds her laying on the floor, eyes wide open, with her limbs bent in a weird way, that's exactly what this man was doing. This was years ago, and it still gives me such an unsettling feeling just thinking about it. I remember exactly what he was wearing, which was a plain white shirt, a blue baseball cap, and blue jeans torn at the knees with black shoes. He looked completely dead, and his body was twisted. His spine was protruding out, and his arms were bent backwards along with multiple broken fingers. His head was bent to the side, resting on the pavement, but twisted to look upwards, and his eyes were completely black with a slight foggy glaze, with his mouth slightly open, like he was about to speak to me. It was like time had completely stopped. My heart jumped in my throat and I remember in that moment actually gasping. I was terrified. Was I seeing things? Did this person get hit by a car? Was this a prank? No, it couldn't be. Not in the condition his body was in. Also, he looked human, but he didn't feel human. I had an evil sensation come over me to leave. Now. I was absolutely petrified and slammed on the gas and floored it right into the highway, not even bothering to see if a car was coming. My heart was pounding. I could actually hear it beating out of my chest. I continued to stare in my rear view mirror over and over as I was speeding down the highway. Was this person somehow going to follow me? What on earth was that? I raced home and jumped out of my car, almost forgetting to put it in park. I was completely filled with adrenaline and ran into the house, taking two steps at a time up the stairs. I would have never woken up my parents at this time of night. In fact, it was way past curfew, but something in my gut told me something was very wrong and I needed to tell someone. They were extremely confused why I was barging into their room, breathing hard, and at first were extremely upset asking why I was getting home so late until they saw how panicked I was. I told them we needed to call my friends or call the police. We just needed to do something because I just saw a body laying in the street a few minutes from their house. My parents calmed me down and said I must just be tired. It's late. I'm seeing things or someone was playing a prank. I called my friend's family's house phone. This was in the early 2000s, so we only had home phones. It rang a few times. My friend answered, sounding confused when she said hello. I wasn't even making sense due to being out of breath and still in shock with what I just saw. I told her I saw a dead man or something. I'm not entirely sure what down the street by her house and that we needed to call the police. I remember her telling me that I was acting crazy and to calm down. It was most likely someone trying to scare me. I told her why on earth would I be calling her family's home phone this late at night if I thought it was a prank? I know what I saw and I insisted they go down there to check it out. She sighed and hearing my sense of panic and urgency told me she would wake her parents up to make me feel better. 
and will go down there and see for themselves and let me know. I don't know why I didn't just call the police, but I was young and I thought I was going crazy for what I saw because again, it didn't seem human. Within 10 minutes, I received a phone call back and I was on speakerphone with her along with her parents who seemed concerned and said no one was there. I said and said I must have been seeing things. Whoever I saw was gone. To this day, even though it's been years, I will always remember that night, not only for how dark the night was, but for how vividly I remember this person looking at me, but also the way it made me feel, which was pure evil. Those eyes are what stick with me the most. I've never seen black eyes like that staring directly at me. Like he knew something I didn't. Did it know me? I don't know who or what it was. All I know is that it was real. All right. Yuck. In every possible way. Gross and scary. And also when she said like maybe it was a prank or maybe like her parents said that. Can, can we just talk about pranks for a second? Like especially scary pranks. Haunted pranks. What the hell is wrong with people who play those types of pranks on each other? I know that this probably wasn't a prank, but people who do that, people who like, you know, hide in the backseat of friends' cars or who watch scary movies and then prank their friends the next day. Like, what is wrong with you? I don't, I will never understand. I think that pranks are so unbelievably unfunny. Like not even just scary, scary pranks are an always a no. I feel this way about every single type of prank, even funny pranks, jokey. I don't care. I hate watching. I hate people who film their themselves pranking others. I hate it. Those are the first people that I'm going to haunt when I die. If you have ever agreed to be a part of a prank or thought of a prank or prank somebody, you will be visited by my ghost and I will not make it fun for you. That will be your punishment. Okay, I think that's enough spooky for today. Those ones were intense. Wowza. I am continually shocked. What shocks me the most is that these are you guys submitting these. Like I didn't even find these on the internet anywhere. Like these are just, you guys are just out here living, seeing ghosts willy nilly. And again, I don't hope for a supernatural encounter, but sometimes I do feel like I wish I had something to contribute. But then I realized that I actually don't know if I would ever live. So you guys are tougher than me, stronger than me, and probably cooler than me because ghosts apparently want to hang out with all of you. All right. That's what we've got time for today. I will see you next week for another episode of the Boot Broadcast, not scary edition. Okay. It will be funny. It'll we'll keep it light. We'll keep it fun. It will not be a spooky episode. And then we will finish out the month. I believe it's October 30th that the episode will come out. That we will end with a very special spooky Halloween episode. I can't believe we are just, you know, plugging on through the boot broadcast. My favorite, favorite time of year. Thank you guys so much for being here. Remember to subscribe, rate, review, follow me on Instagram. That's where I will post those prompts. Remember, if you want to submit prompts for any upcoming episode, including the maternity leave episodes, that's where they will be. And I love you so much. Be safe, be kind, be hot, be nice to the ghosts that follow you. Love you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.